Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Romance at a Glance, Authors at a Glance. Today, we are interviewing sci-fi author Mina Carter. I, Bridget, became obsessed with Mina during early COVID times, and I have not stopped. I was so excited that we were able to get her into our alien romance and cyborg romance season, and so pleased that she wanted to come on and talk about romance with us. You guys, the internet gods were not on our side today, so be aware that there will be a few glitches, just like in, perhaps, one might say, sci-fi. So bear with anything. She was in England, we were in Los Angeles and Chicago and Philadelphia, and we did the best we could. Without further ado, we had so much fun talking with Mina. She had an unbelievable story, such perseverance, and she shared all about how she became an author and why she loves writing and how she comes up with her characters. And of course, Bridget asked her all about whether we're going to get The Emperor a book in the Lothar series. You guys, I just referred to myself in the third person. It's cool. I'm awesome. You're awesome. Raghags, let's get this shit popping. Romance at a glance. Uh huh. Romance at a glance. What you saying? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. Well, hello, Mina. Thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to us. You guys, uh, as you know, because I've told you many times, I'm a huge fan of alien and sci-fi romance. And this season long, we are doing all aliens, all cyborgs, all the time. And I discovered Mina at the beginning of quarantine and quickly crushed through maybe 15 books in a row. Shawnee was like, what are you doing with your life? Where are your children? And I was like, I have aliens to talk to. And... We were so excited when you said, yeah, so Mina is joining us from across the pond. So bear with any little freezes or glitches we may have. We are so happy to have you, Mina. Thank you for inviting me. It's lovely to be here. I mean, the first thing I obviously want to talk about is what do you like about sci-fi and romance and like what that allows you to give a romance that you maybe couldn't do in a contemporary or... Well, you can blow spaceships up for a start, which I really like that. And I'm a huge, huge sci-fi fan um, from about, I don't know, five, six, watching Star Trek. Um, I love that whole interaction and with space and new technology. Uh, but obviously Star Trek, not so romantic. There's a little bit, but that's really what drew me to kind of mash the two up. You said like Star Trek, maybe not that romantic. But when I remember Star Trek, I used to watch this with my aunt. I had no idea what it was. And I remember being very tantalized and not knowing what that what that meant yet for, like, my little body, you know? But I remember, like, the aliens coming out and being like, oh, whoa. I <laughs> so I they think... Uh, snippets, but you, they didn't really follow through on it, obviously, because family, family show, that kind of thing. And yeah. Definitely not family orientated in, in that way. um one cool thing because we we're trying to cover like a variety of different kinds of aliens throughout the series so some are blue and some are you know have different things going on and i thought the the lathar and like their how they're kind of like we're like a subspecies of them almost like we're related distantly in the past but they're so far technologically advanced that uh, I was just laughing the other day. I was reading one and he's like, oh, well, that's just a quick genetic fix. And she's like, quick genetic fix? What are you talking about? Like, just, And he's like, yes, no problem. We can make you last forever. You can age slower. No problem. And um, I I liked that 
the way that they're, they're like the same, a uh, different, um, how did you decide on what, like what stuff would cross over, what stuff would be like a cultural barrier versus like a physical difference? Right, it's very much book by book basis, depending on, on what I'm trying to bring out in that particular book. I would like to say that I plan everything and it's all meticulously plotted all the way through to the end of the series. But even though there's a basic overarch and then it, it's book by book and it's like, what would be cool? And what would I want to read? And that's very much how I write, what I would want to read myself. And sometimes I'll read a scene and think, you know what, if I was reading that, I'd have a bit more of that. And I just tease the bits out and then have to remember them for the next book. Um, Shawnee and Jane have yet to read the entire series. We're reading one of them. But um, one thing I liked is that they kidnapped a whole bunch of Marines and like army women. Um, Because a lot of times we've been seeing... um, some simpering ladies, some damsels in distress. And I enjoyed the pushback. And they kept calling them the earth women. Those human women are different women. <laughs> and I, I thought that was like a really fun, like how 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 do you balance like the, because a lot of others I think struggle to balance um, when they have a badass heroine. She She doesn't come off across as like being warm or having any sort of depth to her. Because they're like, oh, but she's a badass, but she's a badass all the time. Um, and I think your heroines have a nice balance, depending on which one they are, of like, oh, they're a badass, but also they can still be a good friend or they can still be a great leader or they can still be a great partner for whichever of their... Yeah, I think with that, um, it's very much being aware that the, the badass angle is just one part of one facet of their personality. Um, you can come across as very, very confident, um, but then there are other things that you're not so confident in. You can put that impression on, and it's just bringing that other side out. Um, I worked for many, many years in uh, transport. I was a transport scheduler. So I had to be a very, it was a male-dominated environment, so I had to be very much a one persona almost. Um, very, very, they called me the cast iron bitch, basically because I ran everything with balls of steel. They didn't get anything past me. And it's bringing out the other side of it, the humanity, which seems odd in an alien book, but it's bringing out the human side of her and the humanity in him as well, even though he's an alien. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It reminds me of uh, my sister got a job as the head of marketing at a sports center in Qatar. And it was all men. She was, and she was in charge of all Middle Eastern men. And she, my sister who's very emotional, very, very Aquarius, and, uh, was thrown into a, a place where nobody respected her. She had no, like anything she said was, you know, pretty much disregarded. People literally spit in her face when she tried to implement things. And so when she came back, she was there for a few years. When she came back, it was like a whole different sister. I never, uh, she never had a backbone before she left. And when she came back, I just saw her like super decisive, <laughs> you know, and like she would tell me how the people would answer her. Um, if, if God wills it, like, Oh, are you going to get that marketing thing done that I need from you? If God wills it, you know, <laughs> Inshallah, my friends. Inshallah. She's like, no, not inshallah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And I, I uh, so I understand what you're, what you're saying. Where you just gotta, you know, do that. Um, I'm so curious because, like, sex in these books, 
let's be real. I pick up these books for the sex. I'm like, I'm like, where, how many pages <laughs> till we get to <laughs> the sex? And I would like to say just from the deepest part of my heart, thank you. Thank you for writing those sexes. <laughs> Appreciate you. Um, and I'm curious to know, like, as you're writing the sex, um, is there ever been a time where you were just like, I think I've gone too far. This is, this is too much sex. Or like, do you have a meteor in your head for how graphic you're going to be or uh, how much you're going to push? Um, again, it depends on the couple. Um, I do tend to write quite long involved um, sex scenes, but a lot of it depends more on the emotion. Um, but that, that being said, some of the later books from the Lassar, um, Paladin in particular, he was quite kinky. So they, they, they pushed a bit more than the other books, whereas... Yeah, it, it, again, it depends on the personality. The other books weren't quite, quite as long and involved on the graphicness, shall we yeah. say. <laughs> I like the primal I... element of it. Mm-hmm. With, yeah, with the, the claiming. Most, yeah, with the fighting, because in, in some of the other books, like they, the guy just is like taking and that's it. But I love the fight. The fight is the is magic. I mean, I think anyone who's read your books is obviously waiting for me to ask this question. When is the emperor getting his own book, Mina? We can't wait forever. He needs to have someone to love. <laughs> we need to know what he's like in bed. We need to know these things. Come in soon, soon. I, I get this question all the time. Everybody really, really loves the emperor. Uh, I think now we are within three books. <gasps> of the book. So I haven't said that anywhere else. So that, that's kind of exclusive. Exclusive, exclusive. <laughs> yeah um that is very very exciting news because i so when i went through the series i think you had just put out let's see it was the beginning of last spring so you i think i got all the way to um his oh my god i can't pronounce his name because it has like too many l's and letters in it but his like his uh like commander-in-chief basically his like protector sidekick man who's like the scariest man in all the land galadriel it's not galadriel he has like a long name oh, he's with Andrew. kenya he's with kenya which one what is his name oh uh, yes Andrew, yeah so but the whole book i kept being like it's got to be the emperor next that's all i'm thinking it's got to be the emperor next he's got to be the next book it's got to be the emperor <laughs> and it wasn't but I, i'm so excited um when you are like you know, because you also write, you know, for everyone else out there, she also writes paranormal. You also write a bunch of different genres. Do you have one that like is a faster, like, oh, you get the idea and you're like, bam, I know exactly like that book pours out of me versus another one where you have to like think a little bit more, plan a little bit more? Yeah, definitely sci fi is a faster write for me. And it's just generally more comfortable. Um, I do enjoy the other genres, uh, although in contemporary, I definitely just write rugby romances because I'm a big rugby fan so you know you, you go to the games and there's all this inspiration there so that's that one um, the thigh it's the thighs for me it's the thighs when they're pushing uh, in the scrum it's the thighs oh, yeah. for me mm-hmm. yeah, well I'm married to prop so yeah I do. <laughs> nice. rugby men <laughs> yeah it's definitely science fiction um I just I just love that one and I can I get the idea and then there's a what if and then it's I'm like half plotted the book I'm like well to write that now and yeah. that's pretty funny and for keep getting put back because what if there's another story but he is coming you write a lot of books how many books do you publish a year jane was drafting a list for us you have like three or four already scheduled to publish this year i do i usually write uh, i usually release once a month 
Once a month? Woo! Dang, girl. But not with um, a full-length novel. Um, sometimes it might be um, like a novella, sometimes a short story. Um, sometimes it might be something that's reworked um, that I've gone back to have another look at and have more plot to because I always end up looking at a story and think, I could just put it in there. And then it's a new story. Mina, you give them the people what they want. Yes. <laughs> I mean, in that case, guys, we don't have that many months to wait for, for, wait for our sweet emperor because uh, at that rate, it's like next early next year, end of the year, we're already multiple books in. Yeah, I think I was looking around February, maybe, uh, because I have different series within sci-fi, so I, I'm trying to feed all the different different um, packs there. So. And they all build, because they're all in the Lazar world, they all build on each other. So. Right, right. Well, that's my birthday, so February would be a good month. I mean, I'm just saying, if you wanted to give me a present, I, I think it seems like a great idea. <laughs> you know, I had to, Shani. I just had I to. I, I, had to. I had to. I had to. Um, like, you come from a big graphics background. Have you thought about, like, we always talk about, like, because we come from a film background and a digital media creating videos. Have you ever thought about, like, what your books would be like if they were a TV show or a movie or a miniseries and, and, yeah. and how that would all come about? Oh, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, I, I obviously I think about it all the time because I see that it's in my head as a film. Um, and then I basically, a friend of uh, Susan that I write with a lot, we just joke that we write at the incident report, we just watch what our characters do and then we're just frantically taking notes. So, yeah, I, I tend to cast my characters as well, even though I don't admit it to what they look like, but I've got a clear image in my head of who they are and how they move, particularly, and stuff like that, so... I feel like you'd have to get uh, either some good, some good uh, perspective shooting, a good director, because the Lothar are quite tall. So you'd have to get some burly, strong dudes. You know, a bunch of Jason Momoas. A bunch of Jason Momoas. I mean, he has to be. I mean, he has to be in it. I mean, if the series happens, it's like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. He definitely is one of the characters. Oh, bear with me. Oh, no worries. Alarm off. There we go. Yeah, he definitely makes an appearance. Oh, yeah. I think he makes an appearance in everyone's fan fiction of just like life. Um, Plus, he like loves his wife so much. That's what it is. I feel like that's the thing that people don't understand about romance novels if they don't read them. Is it's not just reading a sex scene because I can just read a sex scene with no context and not be turned on because it's just like you're reading about actions essentially and same with like a porn or something you can watch something and be like okay like they're having sex that's cool but like not be into it but it's the fact that like especially I find in like primal books or like aliens or like shifters where there's like a mate situation. It's like, it's the fact that they desire them over anyone else. There will never be anyone else for them. Like that's the, that's the hook of it. That's the, that's the beauty of a romance is, is wanting someone who wants you for exactly who you are, doesn't want to change you and only wants you, even though they see all these other, you know, options. Uh, yeah. yeah, I agree. It's totally the, uh, when, when I'm writing, it's the build up and making sure that that's all in place. Uh, the emotional side has to be in place before anything graphic happens. Yeah. Also, Even if it's got to be there. Yeah. Also, I just, I love the inclusion of the menage as well. You know, two soulmates. Why have one soulmate when you can have two soulmates? I'm just okay. saying. <laughs> See, <I'm> <laughs> 
<laughs> a sandwich. A sandwich. Um, was it actually when you were writing Minaj, did you start out very early on writing Minaj or is that a newer like addition to your writing? No, that was fairly, fairly early on. Um, I don't tend to do so much of it um, because of the way the Lasara sets up. There's, there's one in the Warborn, so it's definitely there within the world. Um, but I haven't explored that in the, the main Lasara series. But in other, other series, yeah, definitely. And I enjoy writing it. It's, it's more, of a, more of a challenge when you've got, obviously, the three points of view and they join everybody gets equal screen time, so to say. Uh, and you've got, everybody's got their own you know, hidden wounds and stuff, you've got to address all that. But yeah, yeah. fun to do. <laughs> yeah, they always say like in poly, like there's like four relationships, like the relationship with each other and then the relationship as a couple of a whole. So you have mm -hmm. like one extra relationship than the number, of, you know, that's there. And each, all of them have to have screen time and their own resolution and everything. So it does tend to bump the word, word count up um, to make sure that you do justice to that story. So, Mina, yeah. since you write a lot of action in your books, I want you to come down on my side of this. And, but I won't obviously sway you ahead of time, but I will. You should obviously it's, agree with me. We have a debate. Shawnee, we have a debate all the time. Shawnee does not believe that if you're in some sort of life or death situation, that there's time for a quick nookie, a quick maybe cunnilingus situation, a quick, oh, there's a closet. Oh, but they're coming in an hour. Now is the perfect time to have sex. I okay. personally think heightened emotions, there's action. We're running. Oh, we have a quiet moment. Obviously, the first thing we're going to do is break out or bang. Shawnee's like, always like, you guys should be trying to get away. <laughs> you should be trying to be safe. And I'm like, you don't understand the point of action, adrenaline, and romance. <laughs> Where do you come down on this? I feel like an hour is inaccurate, Bridget. Just <laughs> FYI, it's like three minutes. Four minutes. <laughs> all you need, all you need, is thirty seconds to get a little, little nook nook. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm kind of in the, in the middle there. Um, it, again, it's a writing. It depends on the story. I'm kind of yeah. The, the, the practical me wants to say you should be really arming yourself and getting away and stuff like that. But the romance, you know, the romance reader in me. Is, yeah, yeah, you've got five minutes. You can do it. You got five minutes. You can do it. I knew it. <laughs> you hear it as well, everyone. My sweet rag hags. You, I know you all agree with me. I don't have to try and convince you guys. You guys know. You know what's up. You love that action. Oh, my goodness. We're going to find one. You get one point. <laughs> um, so, Shawnee, one one interesting thing about our podcast is that I read all of the books, either physical copies or or ebooks, and Shawnee listens to all of the books. Right. And how do you like go about? Because you you're publishing so many books, are you working on getting them all into audio, or how is that um, been working? Yeah, I did start to look at it, um, and then the, I don't really understand audio, um, so I need to look at it more. But there was that whole situation with. Um, Audible that I didn't understand the whole subscription thing, um, but I'm currently in talks with um, somebody to produce them. So hopefully they will be coming through. The problem is with such a big series, I didn't want to start and then only take three, and then have to change narrators because uh, people that I've spoken to, listeners don't like that. Um, they like to stay with the same people all the way through. So I'm trying to make sure that when it's done, it's done as a whole and it's done properly. So it's, I, I'm not, you know. It's it, it's not. I'm trying to find the words, and I'm not very good at it. Considering that I use them all day, 
they get the readers get the, the yeah. best experience possible. Yeah. So you uh, are you doing it through ACX? Um, no, I'm hoping to get to actually produce them, um, and then they will be there's a find a way as well. I'm trying to go wide. I, I don't like being um, constrained to one uh, retailer because I'm not I'm not KU. I'm wide with all my books, so I want to be wide with the audio as well. Nice. nice. I like that. Owners keep ownership and keep that money. <laughs> yeah. Especially also accessibility as well. Um, some people don't like buying off of Amazon. Some people don't like buying off of I don't know, other places. And it's yeah. just basically getting the books to as, in as many places as possible, possible so people can, can get to them. Right. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think... Um... I think that that is smart. I also think Shani's talked about this before where like uh, Immortals After Dark is one of her favorite series of all times. And it's the same narrator all the way through and that she loves, first of all, his voice, which apparently is. Robert Petkoff. Oh my God. Robert Petkoff could come (laughs) and read me a cereal box. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I do. I, crunchy, I, rice crispy, crispy. Snap, crackle and pop. Snap, crackle and pop, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I think, I mean, I think it's smart. I, I do think that when you have a good narrator, having them for an entire series is like super helpful and, uh, and it helps you stay in it. There's nothing worse than when you're like listening to a series and it has a good narrator and then book four hits and the narrator's just not so good. It, it will make me stop reading like right there i'll be like mm, i can't do it can't do it i just had this breath of fresh air and now you know um and so i i think it's really smart of you to to do that and it's i i actually really enjoy hearing from different authors um how their their process of going about doing audio and also like where they are in terms of um, keeping ownership of their work and control of uh, the things that they're putting out. I think I think that you put out books in such an awesome niche that people are searching for your book. Like when I read Alien, as soon as I pick up an Alien, I already know I'm going to read like ten Alien books, right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so then I'm just on the internet searching, like, hey, what's your recommendations? What's your recommendations? It's not like mm-hmm. I have to just naturally come across your book. I mm-hmm. I will be searching for your book yeah. actively out there, which is which is great, That's wonderful. Yeah. But- the sci-fi romance being such a relatively, I would say, newish, smallish genre. So to have people searching for books is, is wonderful because we can then get more books out there, get more readers. Yeah. 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 We had one of our um, our Instagram friends was talking about how uh, they hadn't hadn't read one of your books and they're like I'm gonna go read it and then two days later they're like I finished the whole book it was great <laughs> and I was like yay. <laughs> um, how, like, uh, so I want to quickly talk a little bit about this because we do have a bunch of writers um, and aspiring writers who also listen. And also, I think just generally readers think it's interesting how people decide uh, when they're indie authors, you have so much more control over whether you do Kindle Unlimited or whether you do Kobo or whether you do Barnes and Noble. I mean, whether you, there's so many options and like, how did you kind of come about that decision and, and what is sort of working for you about um, publishing in the way that you are publishing? Um, for me, it's accessibility. Um, I don't like the idea of my books just being available on one platform. Um, I'd rather them be available everywhere um, so I can reach new readers uh, and, and find new people. To talk to basics, a lot of my readers come and talk to me, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I just don't like all my eggs in one basket. 
uh, and that's why I've been wide for many, many years. I did start when it first started, uh, and then I'm like, no. After about three books, I'm like, this is not for me. I want to be all the places. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I, I think this is a really smart thing to kind of share and to think about because uh, we come from the world of like content creation, video production, YouTube, and all of that, and there were a lot of times where people are making their sole income from YouTube. And then YouTube decides to change the algorithm and all their views go down to hardly anything. And now their check that they were making a month has gone down to nothing. Um, and it, it was what caused a lot of contention for people, you know, having their eggs all in one basket or on one platform. If you are a Viner and they just shut down Vine like one day and that was it, your income was <laughs> was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really important that people remember that diversifying how people can access your um, mm-hmm. your product that super important, like hands down, super important. <laughs> from from a business perspective, because um, I came from the world of business, um, transport, and I ran uh, I think 250 vehicles fleet. Um, so to me, the idea of having your just one income stream, just one asset there really just didn't make sense from that side of things. So quite apart from the accessibility side, from a business perspective, it doesn't make sense just to have that one thing. Like you say, if things, um, if they change their time. Oh, Mina, we lost you for a second. It's time to have... There we go. You're back. we we lost you at just doesn't make sense yeah so you're saying as a business decision mm -hmm. yeah no it doesn't make sense just to have all your eggs in one basket because like you say if they change the terms of service um then you could find what is a very healthy income is i think cut right down um i'm the breadwinner in my family so if i was only on amazon they changed their terms of service and i lost my income then you know i've got a whole family to support so Mm-hmm. <laughs> how um because like you said you have a you know a whole background in other other industries and businesses did you slowly start writing and then at some point decide hey i'm gonna go full-time with this or was it kind of just like uh you know what i don't want to do this career anymore i'm gonna quit and then move on to writing um it was more a case of uh we'd actually gone bankrupt um because the how the there was a, a recession in the UK. We lost our house. Um, and at the point uh, that I decided to start writing, it was very much uh, driven by the fact that we had to afford childcare. And I could either work or look at... Basically, there was £50 difference. Um, and it was like, I'm going to be working to put my child in childcare and only earn £50. But you know what? I'm just going to go. I'm going to write. Uh, and I did kind of half and half writing and graphic design then, so I was doing cover art, and we had something like it. A small figure that I had to make to make it worth it, and I I, I doubled that in the first, first month, and we're like, okay, that works. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. Mostly it was cover art at that point, and then I gradually just switched them up, so it went from most cover art to then writing to cover art. That's amazing. Sorry, I lost track of the original question and went up on tangent. <laughs> totally bad. We were, me and Shani were both just saying, like, we think we applaud you for your perseverance and also for just like being like, I have these skills. I can do design work. I can do consulting. Cause like we both very much work in a con- like, oh, hey, like contracts and we have all these skills. So we do 
obviously podcasting and we're building a business, but we're also like, we got to pay bills. So we do all these other things for other people with the skills we have. So we definitely applaud you for that. What could I do? And my, my sister told me the same thing years ago that, you know, she was a teacher and at a private school, she didn't make that much money. She at all. And, uh, she, when she had her baby, she was like, I can go to school and literally like, and teach and that will only pay for the childcare for my kid's kid. And I wonder how many people are, are faced with that. Like, what? Like, that's not that's not a choice. <laughs> that's, that's, you know. Um, so unfortunately, a lot of people are in, in that situation. Yeah, especially with COVID, they've said that the, the rebound rate of mothers into the workforce is significantly slower than non-mothers and males because of the same, like, child. Like, you don't have, A, your childcare provider just might not be open. Or you also like, maybe now people are getting vaccinated. It's a little different, but you don't have like grandma to watch them after school anymore. Or you don't have your neighbor to take them on Saturdays or, or whatever kind of the makeup was to help you bridge that gap. Um, I have a one and a three-year-old. So I, I think the same thing. I'm like, I work, but also I'm like, I guess they could be home. Like over the summer, I had them three. They only went to school three days a week instead of five because me and my husband both took pay cuts. So it's like, we were like, well, they can hang out in the backyard in the kiddie pool and we can all be together because you kind of just got to do what you got to do. You got to just make it all work. Um, yeah. I have a I question, have a question about you. publishing. Oh, sorry. Well, let me do one. Yeah, go ahead, Rich. Cause I, I already it. started talking. I, got <laughs> I love you. Um, do you pitch books to traditional publishers or do you, um, are you not interested in that? I don't know how to phrase that in a better way. Aside from like, are you actively pitching in addition to having a thriving indie career? Or are you just like, hey, my career is great. I don't want to do that. No, I, I did um, a couple of years ago and got some offers, but I wasn't fond of the terms that were being offered. So I didn't, I didn't go for it. Uh, and I've been independent ever since. Uh, I still have one book, that, but it's an audio book that's still in contract, but that was in contract for 10 years. Uh, but I'm quite happy being independent. I like the control. Um, and again, I think that's probably from my background. I, I don't like giving over you know, rights or money to anybody else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely am going to remain independent. Plus you can publish so much faster. Like the, the traditional publishers that, or traditional authors that we speak to, um, traditionally published authors that we speak to, that's so weird. They're not traditional authors, <laughs> traditionally published. Um, they only write, you know, maybe one, two, max three books a year. Um, they certainly aren't able to put out, you know, six novellas and six novels in a year because no editor would be willing to, or no publisher would be willing to like go through the editing and marketing of all those books in one year. No, no. And I think if I tried that and I put the emperor back that far, like keeping my hat should strangle me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this book is coming out in two years. You'd be like, but no, it's finished. <laughs> I'm curious. Uh, so you have a very voracious readers, if you hadn't noticed by uh, <laughs> this Zoom call. Um, how did you go about building your fan base and um, and all and getting your work out there initially when you were like first starting? And then also, um, are you interested at all in doing Patreon um, as a place where fans can access extra bits of your work and, and as another like money source? Um, 
I've been around for a long time, so I started publishing in 2008, so kind of like the first years, I wasn't really aware of what I was doing, um, so I can't really ask to say what I did right, um, other than as some people have been with me for a very, very long time, which is absolutely fantastic, and I love them all too. Um, just basically writing and um, talking on Facebook, I've been to a few conventions and the fans are just easy to come and it, it's been brilliant. Fans of the Lost Art seem to be the most, yeah, they're like velociraptors for books and <laughs> they just want the next one. I can literally put a book out and they're like, when's the next one? I'm like, you had a book today. Can, yeah. can I have a book? <laughs> um, mm -hmm. uh, but with Patreon, um, I've looked at it. Um, I don't see some people it works for i don't think it will work for me uh, i tend to do freebies through my newsletter um i quite do little cookie scenes so there's like sometimes a scene written from another perspective will be in the newsletter um that's where i'm most comfortable nice i mean yeah. I artwork or something and um, i can draw sick men so you can have sick men with art i actually do patreon for that <laughs> so that would be it <laughs> Um, do you have any, they don't have to be sci-fi, although we will take them, but any like authors that you're loving right now, books that you're loving right now that you're reading? I absolutely adore Susan Hayes. So if you've ever, you know, you want something that, yeah, just brilliant, go for the drift. Uh, and I think she's done Haven now. Uh, she is why I, I will admit she is one of my best friends, um, but I was reading her before we actually met in Canada, we met at a convention and yep. yet yeah, she's and also the murder bot diving, uh, which is not sci-fi romance. I think it's off well. Um, and just the new take on is it a new take? It's, it, the, the character is unique. I've read a lot, a lot, a lot of sci-fi, and I just these are like they're like crack. You just you've got to pick them up. You've got to read them. And what, I, I what was the title again? You broke up a little. I just want to make sure everyone hears it clearly. The murder bot diaries. Murder bot diaries. Okay. I'm excited because I need some. I mean, as if I don't read enough books, I need some more books for the summer, Nina. There's always more. And also, we always rep each other first. So you should always rep your best friend first before you recommend other people, always. Um, the, the, what was I going to say? I lost it. It's gone. It's gone forever. It'll come back to me. It'll come back to me later. Um, this is like, a question I had earlier, but then I got distracted by talking about other things is I feel like you're similar to Shawnee and I, where you just are interested in a lot of things and then you just sort of absorb different things like, Oh, but I want to try that. Let me go try that. And we're noticing that you do chain mail making and welding and, and shooting and pole dancing and aromatherapy. And I don't even know what corsetry is. What is corsetry? Corsetry, you know, corsets. Where you make yeah, corsets. Oh, okay. making oh, it's literally making courses. It's I should have known that. That makes sense. <laughs> um, I I just love learning things. Um, so uh, the chain mail, I, unfortunately, I can't do that anymore. I've got arthritis in my hands. Um, so I just like I see a skill and I've got to. I want to go and learn how to do it. Uh, the corsetry was because I, I love wearing corsets, and I went to to buy one, and I'm literally stood in the shop looking at them, and it's like um, I think it was 175 pounds for a custom corset. And the one with the cost to make them is two hundred pounds. And I'm like, you know what? I can make a lot of corsets then. <laughs> so I learned to make corsets. I still have my machines down in down in my workshop. So 
I think that's That's hilarious because that speaks to the frugal person in me, right? So like, (laughs) whenever there's like something I really want, but like, I realize how expensive it is. I'm like, I could do that. I could learn that myself. Like when people make that, I can make that. (laughs) So like, you know, when people started doing uh, like the, the eyelashes, but like the one at a time extension eyelashes. So there, it was like $200. And I was like, absolutely not. I can't justify spending that. So like I talked to my mom who she's a, like a, she's a singer always on stage. So I asked her, I was like, how do you do your lashes? And then I went on YouTube and watched people put them on. And I was like, I can do this. This is. <laughs> I do that with my nails. I have acrylic nails and I just don't like going and paying anybody else. So I do them myself. <laughs> YouTube all the way there. That is, is, is. The YouTube tutorial is a brilliant. YouTube University, man. You can learn anything. <laughs> you can. You can. Except maybe not to weld. I've not tried welding on there. That, I mean, no. I've, I've not done it for years. But yeah. that I think to go to college for. <laughs> I don't I don't have the steady left hand for nails. No. I can do the right hand. The right hand looks beautiful. I do not have a steady this left hand. This is the key. <laughs> Let me tell you what the key is to doing your not dominant hand, right? So or your your dominant hand with your not dominant hand. The key is not is to just hold the brush and move your dominant hand and that's okay. how you that's how you get it perfectly. What? You just, Yes. <laughs> Today years old, people. Today years old. I never knew that. Wow. Okay. 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 Maybe I'll make a video of me on Instagram trying to do my nails by moving my hand because you guys are probably going to kick out of it because it'll be a mess. Also, my nails look terrible because um, I'm because I'm just moved to a new state across the country, Mina. And I also just bought a house. We've been here for less than a week and I already found a house that we're going to buy. So the anxiety level at Casa Chinogli has reached peak critical levels. Um, <laughs> Shani, have you ever been yeah. to the Midlands in England? Have you ever been to, to? I have not. I have not. I've only been to London and I haven't been to. It's like living in the Shire. It's so green. It's the rolling hills. It's so pretty. And I feel like there are so many people who live, who authors who we've talked to who live in these like beautiful, but slightly more rural, slightly more slower paced places. And I wonder um, if it helps having that juxtaposition between like being on your computer all the time and very technology sort of focused in between the writing and the marketing and the publishing and all that other stuff. But then also like looking out your window or going for a walk and you're not in like a city with lots of busyness, but you're like a little bit in a slower pace. I'm wondering if that's true for you or if you're like, you're crazy. That's not true. No, I definitely think it is. I, I, I do. I mean, literally I look out my window and I've got rolling fields behind and we get woken up by the cows. Cows are loud. You know, you don't <laughs> think cows are loud. I mean, they're right at the end of the garden and that's so fucking loud. Um, and then I, I do visit London, which is about two hours on the train for me. And it's just so noisy and so many people and it's hot and, I, I don't think that I could be created there, me personally. I definitely, I was you know, born and bred not three miles from here. So I, I've been here all my life and it's definitely where I've got my roots. Nice. Shani, we're going to have to go. Me and Shani are planning, because you heard it here first, uh, we would like to go to the Berlin Romance Conference. That is probably not going to be till 2022. Um, what's, what's the name of it, Shani? The one in Berlin that we want to go to? I don't, I always forget what it's called, but it's, was, the, not it's like, kid, but where's KissCon? Is that in, that's in the U S right? 
KissCon's in, is that the Chicago one? Chicago, I don't know. There's a, there's a big one in Berlin. Yes. I forget the name of it, Mina. Because the name, because also because like COVID, we were like, well, we can't go. It's out of sight. But I think we'll have to do a whole European journey. That's, that's what we talked. We were like, we're going to go to Berlin and then mm-hmm. go to this conference. And then since we're already on the other side, we're already Dubai, there. it just seems like we should head everywhere. Head to England. Yeah. Head to, I want to go yeah. to Scotland. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family back in the back is Scottish and I don't know uh, too much about it. And so I'm like, okay, well, I want to find my Scottish roots. Where are those? Mm-hmm. And where's my Highlander? Thank you. <laughs> my Highlander. <laughs> They're everywhere and they have a twinkle in their eye. I can tell you. Yes. A twinkle. <laughs> those Scottish and Irish boys are constantly twinkling. Twinkling. Um, they are. That's what I'm saying. I told Bridget, leave those children, little children behind <laughs> with their daddy. Leave them with their daddy. <laughs> yeah, they have a dad. They don't need me. They're going to be older in 2022. <laughs> Four and two. They're going to be huge. Huge. Um, humongous. Practically raising um, themselves. Yeah, I obviously hope that's the case. No, I'm just kidding. The, how old are your children? Are okay. they older now? Um, I've got one. She's 15. Mm-hmm. She's about six foot. 15. Oh, okay. So she's like, you know, making her own PB and J's and yeah. cooking. Well, and, dad cooks. You know, she's doing the thing. So she's doing the thing. I want feeding. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> have you gone to any? Um, you said you met your best friend at a convention, but have you gone to any conventions that you t- tend to try to go to like every year, or is it just here and there? Um, I tend to do, um, I've been doing the rare ones. Um, I can't remember what the rare stands for, but I've been to London with them twice and I'm doing Edinburgh next year with them. Um, and if uh, Eve Langley does the romance in the Capital Convention in Ottawa, I think it's Ottawa, uh, in Canada, I go to that one. Um, but she didn't do it last year, which was fortunate because obviously the world shut down. Um, and then I tend to mix it up with uh, with fairly local ones. Um, I've got one next year in Stoke on Trent, which is about an hour from me. Nice. Um, and that's so fun. I mean, we were talking about doing live shows and stuff, and we're just like excited to meet people because we do like watch alongs with our patrons. What up, guys? And we do you know, all kinds of things where we like chat on Instagram live and stuff, but there's nothing as special as like being in the same room with someone and them smiling or like doing an author interview. Like if we're at the same convention, we could have authors in our hotel suite or whatever, doing interviews and chatting and just getting to know people. So fun. Yeah. There's nothing like the energy of the signing and, you know, just networking with people. Actually, yeah. I've seen what people, you know, actually look like on a, you know, Facebook and that they can have, they've got their pet dog and, you know, then you actually meet them. And it's like, oh, and it, yes, that's what you look like. And then I instantly forget their name because I'm terrible with names. Faces, yes. Names. For some reason, I feel like book conventions are like, are slightly kind of like um, this weird juxtaposition because I feel like it's a convention full of introverts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a whole so lot funny. of. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like you always, I always feel like you end up, you want to meet everyone, you go to the signings, you get excited, but also you really find that one person who becomes your person at the convention and then you don't talk to like anyone else. A whole bunch of awkward interactions. That's what I, that's what I first see. So Mina, this is something that we ask um, a lot of our authors. So you write about romance and love on the page what would you say is like the key thing in real life that helps with you know a long relationship and maintaining a relationship or falling in love um, communication 
that and having a large garden with a patio that you can get rid of the body. <laughs> Which I threatened my husband with many, many times. We have been married about 25 years, but yeah, you get threatened with the patio a lot. <laughs> That sounds, that's the perfect advice. All right, you guys, communication. And if the communication isn't going your way, a large patio garden where you can bury the body. Of course, that means now I cannot bury him under the patio because I've told you that. All right, well, Mina, thank you so much for being with us today. This was an absolute blast. We love alien romances and we love your books. Everybody make sure that you check out our in, our interview. Everybody make sure that you check out our review of Mina's book and give her books a quick read or listen, depending on who you are. We'll see you next time, friends. And until then, may your books be your lover. And your hand, your best friend. Yowzers. Dear Romance Besties, if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance to check out our awesome perks, including stickers, watching movies with us, naughty book boxes, and you can even be on the show. Can't be a patron? You can still support the show by purchasing books or things we recommend through our affiliate links on our show notes and our dope ass website. Thanks for the commission. Or you can leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. Screenshot your review, send it to us on Instagram, and we'll send you some stickers. Now, Bridge, let's get back to the ratings. Yes. Yes.